Hey, we're back again one more time with, with me, Dalton. Yo, what's yeah. up, guys? Just a heads up, uh, we're recording in a different space today, and if you hear some cat sounds, yeah, that's a cat lah. <laughs> and uh, today we're gonna talk about the movie industry, uh, not move, not so much about the movies, but everything surrounding it. Because in the last few months, I think we are reaching a turning point, possibly. For the whole industry, you know, cinema, streaming, and even Malaysia, our our censorship board here. So, <laughs> yeah, I think Dalton has something to say to start things off. Are you excited for Bad Girl? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I am after it got cancelled. <laughs> sorry, sorry to say, I'm, I'm very sorry to say. I know a lot of people worked hard on it, and yeah. It's, very surprising to see like a movie that's like 95, 98% in completion just suddenly chucked away in the rubbish, no rubbish bin, just chucked away in the archive, never to be seen again. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, the reason why Bad Girl is brought up is because recently Warner Brothers had a major, major shakeup. They're on fire right now and prob- probably not in a good way. <laughs> Yeah. To be honest <laughs> So We're going to be covering Quite a lot of topics today Very vast And uh, we'll try to make Some sense out of it la. It's not easy Because it's really Unnecessarily convoluted And mm. A lot of higher powers Out there <laughs> Controlling things So yeah What's up with Warner Brothers You know it better than me okay. You ever seen the movie The Producers Yeah So the, the two characters <laughs> Right One is A producer Who makes A lot of bad plays And then another Is an uh, over ambitious Accountant so, because of the accountant, the, the producer manages to find that he might be able to save more money by producing a flop. Something that's bad because if a show is bad, in the movie at least, I'm not sure how it is in real life. If the movie is bad, then the investors would not want their money back. And, uh, well, yeah. or at least the profits from their money back, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember the exact mechanics of that. But in the long run, the producers get to keep the cash the, that they make. Okay. So, that kind of logic kind of ran around in my head when, when I saw the cancellations at Warner Brothers and they wrote off a lot of stuff. You know, not just Bad Girl, I think a Scooby-Doo special got cancelled. Oh. A lot of TV series got cancelled. Mm. And not only that, I think they also... Oh yeah, they actually did. They withdrew a lot of movies that were already on HBO+. Yep. Plus. Yep. Like away from yep. catalog. So if you you weren't able to get them on international Blu-rays, they're gone forever. Yeah. Of course, we're not talking piracy, but that's a different story. But we're talking like legally, they're gone forever. It's because of a new guy in charge, right? Of things. Yeah, there's a there's a new sheriff in town, so to speak. Yeah. I For, think I kinda of forgot his David Z- Zaslav. I am sorry if I got that name wrong. But <laughs> yeah, but he's he's the new guy in town. He really he took over Jason Killar. Who also ran the you know the broadband company AT and T the yeah, phone. Yeah. So we we were all talking about how Warner Brothers was run by corporates who were used to running a mobile broadband company, and all they wanted to do was to gain more people to HBO Max to use the AT and T yeah. service to boost their stock price. Yeah, so we did an episode about streaming a few years ago. I think you can still scroll back if you want to find <laughs> something to do with the state of cinema right now mm. or something to be streaming. And uh, we've uh, mentioned something like how streaming is actually rich a pig. Like let's say if there's 20 million human beings on Earth and if all 20 million human beings subscribe to it and that's it, they cannot earn any more. And you divide mm. that with the family plans where five people share one account. Right, so the income for streaming uh, services is there's a cap. 
unlike uh, let's say if you release a movie in the cinema and sell movie tickets the one person can go five times he will bring his family of five people and the five people will buy movie tickets each yeah. and so and so but if you watch it at home on a streaming platform one person pays for one account but what 20 people can share and just watch it at home mm-hmm. and so with that comes a lot of limitations from streaming services if you ask me lah I think the only way they can expand their income is with advertisements as usual what else right and other things so when Netflix last time uh, wanted to challenge studios like Warner Brothers and all it was if you ask me it was quite a tough ask because Netflix isn't a studio themselves whereas Warner Brothers Disney uh, Universal all of them they already have everything they need to make a movie they have CGI studios they have costume departments everything like you know, props and all so when Netflix wanted to enter this it was like mind-boggling how they would ever challenge them but then mm-hmm. somewhere down the line somehow all the big studios thought uh, or like wanted to join the trend in starting their own streaming platform and I don't get it because the movies that they make the amount of money they spend on the movies or the content or the shows the series for the exclusivity for the streaming platform will never be paid back so that's why when this Warner Brothers started cancelling all their HBO Max exclusive movies and shows it was quite telling and even that guy said that Zlasav 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 <laughs> Zlasav guy he even said that this doesn't make sense and mm. yeah so I think it's quite telling la, that Warner Brothers has removed so many movies so many projects in the pipeline and yeah like okay in on paper and in concept what Zaslav is doing I actually to be honest I actually kind of like because he is basically sweeping off the entire mess that Killar left for HBO Max and Warner Brothers and he's starting fresh, starting new. But in that pile of trash, there's also like two or three Lego buildings that have yet to be completed and he just chucked them all, all together. That's, yeah. that's basically a metaphor of how I see it. Yeah. Like, it's always good to restructure and he's putting a bit of... I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but he's trying to bring back some prestige back in the theatrical experience. Mm. So he's sounds like he's trying to invest more into making movie going more of an event kind of experience, which I'm all for. I'm hundred yeah, percent yeah. all for. You know that's what cinema is all about. You know an event, a, a, a spectacle. You know to quote. I, I think you know, it, it goes back to that old saying: quality mm, over quantity. Like. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Because when it comes to streaming, it's really a lot about quantity. Because just because. Netflix did it last time. Netflix mm. likes to say, oh, subscribe to us and get access to, I don't know, 500,000 movies. And because of that, it's just become a norm or a stigma for yeah. every streaming platform. That's why when Disney Plus first started uh, about a few years ago, everyone was complaining. There's nothing to watch on Disney Plus because their content is just like that few Disney movies, which is maybe mm. 20 movies, including all the Star Wars. You include Marvel, MCU, is maybe about 50 movies. But Netflix mm. there, they can say that, oh, we have... 500 movies 1000 movies series for you to watch so it's, it became a game of quantity yeah and HBO Warner Brothers they didn't have much and well DCEU is the DCEU lah. so they really didn't have much and I think because of that before this last of guy took over they had the quantity game lah, you know they had mm. like a ton of shit plan out for this and they decided now that oh wait actually no lah, it doesn't make sense lah. there's no <laughs> point challenging that and then like what Dalton said it's time to go back to making quality stuff. Back to basics. Yeah. You know, I'm all for that. However, of course, there's a caveat. Like, that girl's 95% in a can. Obviously, maybe I don't know the tech schematics enough, but I believe 
like you know Zack Snyder's Justice League. I mean, say what you, I mean. I know Joey has a lot of oppositions to say we, about. We did an episode Snyder. of that as well. Yeah, I know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> by way back then. <laughs> but for me, any movie deserves to be that's on the pipeline should be released. It should be seen. It should be reviewed, revert, whatever you know. But it's already almost hundred percent in the can. You know, audiences should be allowed to watch and critique and review and like or hate. But it should be seen. It should not be buried. That's what I I feel, you know. So it's an unfortunate caveat. So again, but Warner Brothers' staff, I know he has some sort of like the the, the new guy. He has some sort of apparent political beliefs that's affecting the the way it's being managed or certain kind of contents being targeted. I don't know about all that. I can't really comment on it. But Warner Brothers' stock is tanking right now. It's okay lah. It's just part of change. I, yeah, it's all part of change, but it's very people are just overreacting. If you ask me, it's not much. It's, it's very fine. telling also that Warner Brothers has postponed all of their hopeful movies to next year. So this year, at least Black Adam. And I mean, we getting to Black Adam, but the, <laughs> the only one before Black Adam was Don't Worry, Darling. Uh-huh. And yeah, it opened at number one in the American box office, which is good. But of course, there's a lot of gossip and yeah. uh, paparazzi kind of baggage that yeah. went along with the film I think, yeah. I think they kind of fueled the marketing more than anything yep unfortunate uh, la, that show mm, uh, unfortunate you have to see it but we'll see how I maybe. don't think it'll come here maybe we'll get to that later yeah. Uh, but yeah it looks like all hope for Warner Brothers this year at least rests on Dwayne Johnson's shoulders yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> la, I'm neutral <laughs> about Black Adam anyway uh, so yeah we you see la, it's the same thing with content like what I said earlier everything is being made for speed and that mm. has affected a lot of quality uh, a lot of times when it comes to art or movie making uh, mu- writing music you need time to craft the thing mm. and when it comes to quantity uh, over quality uh, there's just no time to craft it and then mm. the story gets affected the graphics get affected I mean we've seen a lot of CGI artists outcry in the last Two three months ago. Oh, they abused the graphic artist, man. Lack of pay, whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And no time to do it properly. I mean, in fact, if you watch the the Marvel movies, the Marvel series recently, you can actually tell that the graphics is declining. I think that that third eye on Doctor Strange too. I didn't watch the movie. I just saw that one scene, and it's already like eyebrow raising. Dude, I saw that movie in Singapore, man. Doctor Strange too, yeah. just to let you know. And I, I, I saw it at one of those brand new OLED screens. Oh no! Yeah, so when that so it, it enhanced the the bad graphics. Like uh. it, I mean, don't get me wrong. The colors look spectacular, but when there's bad CGI, you can tell it's so fake. Yeah. It's so you can. If I that's a sad thing, right? When there's bad CGI, then the CGI artist, the mm. studio. I mean not the, not the Disney studio But the CGI studio Gets hammered They get insulted But they didn't have The time to do it They didn't have the time To craft the graphics And It's just perfect that We watched Avatar In IMAX 3D last week Ooh, And yes, It just yes. blew my mind I was speechless When I watched a movie That was made 13 years 13 ago, years ago yeah. And the graphics, the world building, the detail on every surface is much better than what we are getting now in 2022. Uh, like, I, I struggle to make sense of this, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Avatar, okay, don't get me wrong. Avatar is supremely cheesy. It's yeah. an extremely cheesy movie. Like It's a product of the 90s, not even 2009. When you talk about the screenplay, the dialogue is so cheesy. Yeah. The characterization is so thin. 
you know. But you will forgive yeah. it all. Yeah, but damn it, man! The special effects, the spectacle, yeah. you know, the music—it just sweeps you up. It's one of those old vintage classic movie making that we've come to miss. Yeah. When it, before it was taken over by the conglomerates, you know, when uh, talking about the special effects, they're phenomenal for a thirteen-year-old movie. You know, like you described, it's really much like, better than what we're having today. Of course, yeah. Crazy. It, made, it made me think. You know, has CGI peaked? In 2009, maybe even 2015, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. Like, has it gone worse? Yeah, I actually, then? I actually thought about it because with with the PlayStation Five and then the PlayStation Four before that, mm. I I really felt that graphics and technology has already reached a peak. Mm. Um, because like I mean let's look at our TVs right we are pushing 3D virtual reality but we are actually going nowhere that is, this is our, like it feels like small gimmicks just to sell products right. instead of a huge leap whereas like, last time from DVD quality to Blu-ray quality that was a huge leap mm-hmm. in uh, technology and graphics right. then when I watched Avatar again 13 years later and just being blown away I thought about it maybe it's not about the power of the technology that is speaking. It's how you use it. Yeah, it's how you use it. Mm. The care, the love, the the details that you put into it. Mm. And then another movie that talking right now I thought about is um Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim. Mm. And its sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Pacific Rim is another movie where it's cheesy as heck. Don't think too much about the story, but you just can't deny the awesomeness and the spectacle right. on display and then when you when you watch the first movie and the sequel which Guillermo de Toro didn't do okay, I haven't watched the sequel yeah so just don't no. bother <laughs> <laughs> just YouTube the fight scenes and then you get an idea so the first one if you I bought, I bought the, the the making of books for Pacific River wow. I'm a big fan I really love the art behind it mm. and Guillermo de Toro speaks at length about making the robots chunky very heavy and then when they move there's a rhythm like a one two three movement so when they punch something it's like the hand moves back the elbow locks on then the hands push forward with a rocket punch whereas if you watch the sequel they look like ninjas in robot ninjas just zooming oh. whereas in the first movie it's like there's a rhythm right? yeah whereas in the new one in the sequel it's just literally robot ninjas flying and zooming around hmm. and Again, it's back to the attention, the care given to the craft, attention to detail, right? and yeah. time. Mm. Guillermo had the time to craft Pacific Rim because it was like a side project that he had. Yeah. Uh, he thought about the world and then he pitched the idea to film it. Whereas the sequel was like, oh, we need to make it now before people forget what Pacific Rim is. Mm. We need to make a movie fast so that we can leverage yeah. off the brand what Pacific Rim is all about yeah. and it didn't even include the theme song in the second movie right? it became like a typical blockbuster and yeah. ironically it flopped it was soulless <laughs> it just lent the skin of Pacific Rim yeah. without the heart and soul right yeah. yeah, like so many sequels and so many remakes now we get these days lah. there's no attention to craft like you're making a sequel I'm, I'm sorry to to annoy you here again but I'm going back to the days of Steven Seagal yeah, yeah. even Under Siege <laughs> I know you have a thing against him but even Under Siege too, a lot of people did not like I actually enjoyed that movie a lot there's a momentum in that movie that even when you compare with other modern day action movies never mind the fight scenes never mind the like, like, like the choreography the momentum is pretty much unmatched for its era like in every 90s action movie the, the momentum is always escalating yeah. and you reach like a fever pitch yeah. whereas today most modern day action movies I mean not excluding not including Mad Max um, even John Wick falls prey to this sometimes yep. the momentum kind of fizzles out Yeah, so that's the biggest problem I have with a lot of action movies nowadays it's not just a shaky game even though they're well shot they're well choreographed 
But it's just kind of like It ends like Yeah, yeah I get mm. what you mean um, Like for John Wick Like you brought up John Wick right mm. So John Wick 3 Was the latest on Parabellum right, right? Yeah. I also had that same problem The It felt like it was stagnant During the whole mm. show John Wick 1 and 2 There was an escalation There was a momentum going yes, on yes. But in John Wick 3 After he met the ballerina And then he goes to the desert To find that dude And then He goes to another desert To find another dude and <laughs> I think at the end of the day it's, it's again back to The time given To craft the story yeah. To craft the thing You know when you write a script You write a story You take one or two weeks off mm. Then you read it again And you're like Hey wait This part feels a bit slow Oh hey wait This part needs a bit more care To uh, not make it so messy Things like that And mm. I really think A lot of filmmakers Or creators Are really struggling mm. With this lack of time Even Nolan said The difference between Superhero movies now And his Dark Knight trilogy Was time he had, what, three or four years in between the Dark Knight movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, they are probably given just a few months. And sometimes, the directors don't even have control over the script. Some of them are just roped in with a script given to them and yeah, they just do it. And like, wow. You just oh. described how David Ayer was involved with the first Suicide Squad movie. Hmm. Yeah, he, history years he, ago. He had like six weeks to write the script. There you, you go. Know, and finalize everything. So yep. even then also, he still didn't get his way because the, the so-called Ayer cut is still locked yep. away along with Batgirl. So, and Suicide Squad 1, I mean, I enjoyed the it. The first, first half watch. was good, actually. The first half was really enjoyable, enjoyable, yeah. And the second half, it just became a typical laser into the sky. You want to talk about yeah. the Enchantress being the ballerina for Egypt? Yeah. Like, know, man, the belly dancer. So, so maybe we, <laughs> you got six weeks to write the script, right? Yeah, you said. Six weeks only. So maybe he, was, he put all that effort to write the first half of the movie. <laughs> didn't have time to finish the script. And then, oh, oh, yeah, screw it. Let's just oh, blow up the sky with a laser beam oh, and sure. Or oh, oh, the studio came in half. Follow this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hey, with this five checklist, these things. If you do it in a movie, it's proven to get this amount of money mm. back. So yeah, like, it's a slap. David Ayer has made good movies before. He's made uh, End of Watch, which was a one yeah, of the yeah. best police movies I've seen in ever. It's good. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael yeah. Pena, and then Fury with Brad Pitt is a solid war uh, movie. Yeah. You know. So what went wrong with Suicide Squad? I time, time, time again. Studio interference. That's what I can think yeah. of. And then um, speaking about uh, all this, okay, enough of the studios, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the people watching the movies and mm-hmm. the shows, the audience. I think today, uh, I think we, we, we don't have to focus much about uh, the taste and preferences, okay? But I think right now, the prevalent thing that should be addressed or discussed is actually the audience uh, discussion about the movies. The discourse. Yeah, the discourse. Mm. Because if you notice recently, especially with, I guess, just to use as an example, the Marvel series that's coming out, I never watched them, but because I'm in all the comic groups and the Star Wars groups, so I read a lot of people's reaction and thoughts about the series. And it's really unfortunate. People are not talking about the shows themselves. They're not talking about the good acting or the good story or the world building that's involved in the new uh, Star Wars series I don't know Ahsoka mm-hmm. Obi-Wan There's so many I can't even keep up It's just ridiculous So Instead People are talking about The casting Oh that character Is supposed to be White Black mm. Yeah So I, I just don't understand Instead We are so caught up Talking about all these things But not the show itself And uh, we came across a, a very interesting term Recently Dalton showed me a video Was it And it's Baiting where mm. the studios are the one crafting this 
um, fake marketing or fake narratives or hate marketing yeah so that people will talk about the series whether or not they like it or not I so you're just giving an excuse for people to talk about the show right I think the video was from Critical Drinker if I'm not mistaken I can't remember the exact title but yeah it's basically about why Hollywood is spinning the wheels of mm. this social media PR yeah indirectly or at least to make it look like they didn't they themselves are not spinning it mm. and just to make people talk about the movie because you know as they say even bad news is still news yeah. you're still going to get clicks Correct. you know and clicks equals cash cha-ching you know and it's really unfortunate kind like. of a cynical way to look at it if you ask me personally um, I have nothing against changing gender or race of character or whatever if it makes sense to serve the story yeah and if I see the final product, if it's bad, then I will judge it accordingly. You know, it's bad, you know. But if it's good, I'm not going to say, you know, just because of this controversy with regards to race casting or gender casting or whatever, race swapping, gender swapping, it's not going to affect my outcome on the movie or what I think of the movie. If it's good, if it's good, if it's bad, if it's bad. Because when you take a movie or an adaptation, yes, there will be fan expectations. Yep. Uh, but a movie is already an entirely different medium and the creators can do basically whatever they want with it. Uh, but they know they have a responsibility. This is also on the creators. They have a responsibility to make sure that it gets... Uh, it does right by, it the, does right by the fans. Yeah, to, yeah. to them do the characters and the legacy justice. Yeah. And if there's some slight change or skewering, then of course you're going to face that wrath. And that's a very, very sensitive tightrope to walk across. Yep. You know, Because... I'm going to use a recent example, the Little Mermaid trailer. I was fortunate enough to see the trailer like one day before social media blew up. I think it came out the first day and then I just took a look at it. And yeah, I really knew beforehand that the actress was was like race swapped to be black. After seeing the trailer, I wasn't thinking of, you know, like, oh, they, they race swapped her or anything. I was thinking, man, those C effects look so fake. Mm. Especially now after seeing Avatar 2 But that's a, the, the footage for Avatar 2 But that's a different story But the footage looks so fake It felt like another bland Disney live action remake Which is nothing new They've been doing it all the time Like Lion King, like Aladdin yeah. They just wrote it off and Just left the back of my mind Say whatever, wait until release But the girl can sing I'll yeah. give her that The girl can really sing yeah. So she, she has that spirit with her But I don't think the movie would do her justice I think my problem with this is that actually it's not about the gender swaps and all. Mm. My po- I, I, I like more diversity in all the casts. Mm. It's great to see like an Asian character taking a main role in a Star Wars movie, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. But my, for me, the problem is why put them into old stories? Why not just tell new Correct. stories? So for example, right. like the girl, I think her name is Haley. Bailey, Bailey. Bailey I'm sure she's right? doing Dr. Halle She Barry. can sing so well um, <laughs> yes, From that yes, just Two seconds of clip mm. So I'm wondering Why put her Into Little Mermaid Why not just write A new fable A new story Why always Remaking And then putting yes. It's very forceful One thing Whether the actors Can act the role Or not Is another thing It's just that Why not write A new story Sequels, remakes, oh my gosh. Yeah, I've yet to receive like a good reason why they're like race swapping or gender swapping traditional heroes or heroines uh, or whatever. All I can see is that they are taking the safe route because let's say if mm. they come up with a new movie called, um, I don't know, Pinkie Pie. I don't know, I just, that just came to my Pinkie mind. Pie. For example, Pinkie Pie, which is a fairy, for example, a okay. new fantastical story with a fairy, okay? Mm-hmm. And 
I think for them that's a risk because people will the audiences will be like, oh what's this new movie Pinkie Pie lousy name <laughs> uh, and then people might not watch it even though if it's good mm. but if you just take the same characters the same story but slap on the name Little Mermaid or Tinkerbell or Tinkerbell <laughs> and people will just go watch it because oh, of just for the name yeah. Up, yeah. so even though whether it's necessary or worse than the original story like Beauty and the Beast <laughs> it's, uh, oh. yeah so it, they don't care the studios don't care as long as the name is there they know people will flock to the cinemas just to watch it it's instant clickbait it, I mean without actually yeah. clicking actually that's a good way to say yeah. it. it's a clickbait headline but in the form of a movie yeah you buy your ticket so it's ticket baiting yeah. so I think that's the name. reason why the studios are doing it because they know that they have to fulfill this so-called diversity quota if you want to call it that mm. and well, they took the laziest and safest way to do it, which is mm. just to throw diversity into all these old movies. The most recent example I can think of that actually does representation, right? Like wh- whatever you said, put them in an original property and do them right is everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Oh. Amazing yeah. film, by the way. And the We won't stop talking about it, I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's so empathetic towards these characters, yeah. like these minorities. Like you as a human being, you feel pity with them, but you could relate with them. Yep. You actively cheer them on. Yep. You feel like you've been put in their shoes for a while, you know, facing their anxieties, their, their fears, and their hope. You know, that's what great movies do. You put them in shoes, <laughs> you put the audience in shoes of characters which they don't normally associate with. Yeah. You know? I just thought about it I think if Everything Everywhere All at Once Was under Warner Brothers mm-hmm. And if The directors were A bit more Spineless like, For lack of better words okay. For lack of better words okay, You know what I mean yeah, yeah, Like yeah, they yeah. don't Fight for their art And mm. they are more susceptible, susceptible to Being forced to do things mm. like. Unfortunately it happens Right in this industry mm. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once The script And the Asian cast Will have probably been Like a Matrix sequel or a, oh, no. or a Matrix oh, spin-off like because it's it. like a multi-dimensional script with good action with slow-mo kung fu and I can imagine a Warner Brothers <laughs> exec just seeing that like oh let's put the Matrix branding on it and do a spin-off version in Asia you know <laughs> it's gonna be something like that did you, oh goodness <laughs> did you get that thinking because I mentioned that Pennyworth series on HBO no la, no uh, I, I'm really that, I'm just really bugged out about how so many uh, remakes and all could have been its own story yeah. instead it's being made into a spin-off like recently you said something like oh we let's say someone wrote this uh, spy action thriller mm. and then they showed it to Disney and Disney's like oh yeah that sounds great as a Captain America spin-off oh. Yeah, you see, yeah, and yeah. that happens so frequently yeah. now with all the new series. Like I think, uh, She-Hulk: Attorney at Law. I haven't mm. watched it, but just as an example, uh, again, not not dishing um, dishing the show because I haven't watched it. Mm. But as an example, it's probably like a good lawyer script, right? And then they show mm. you Disney, and Disney is like, "Who's gonna watch a lawyer series today?" And like, oh, mm. but we have a lawyer character in She-Hulk, so put the- She-Hulk in. It's actually a, a pretty decent idea, but after a certain point, oh man, uh, there's a Jurassic Park quote that you have that oh, I really like. Uh, you, you people spend so much time thinking whether you could that you never stop and think whether you should. Yeah, so that... <laughs> I'm just going to repeat this part again, I think. I'll try to edit it to repeat again. Paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it'll be like a soundbite. <laughs> yeah. It's great. But yeah... I mean, this, that's exactly what happened with Pennyworth. You mentioned the World War II series. That's the one they shoot on in to make it be like, oh, the Alfred's butler was like a 
kick-ass World War II spy. <sighs> you know, and it's now it's season three, so somebody's doing something right there, you know? Uh, so like, I'm surprised Warner Brothers hasn't cancelled the show yet. <laughs> yeah. Peacemaker was... Uh, uh, give the, James Gunn the benefit of the doubt. I haven't seen Peacemaker, but apparently he's getting a lot of great reviews, yeah. so I'll give him that. But again, because the new... The Zaslav do it, mm. who is taking charge of Warner Brothers, he probably realised that these series are not making money. Because on HBO Max is probably the third or fourth most subscribed mm. uh, streaming platform, and no matter how good Peacemaker is, it's not making money at the end of the day. Right. So he's probably gonna just bin it, mm. which is very unfortunate because so many movies that get released, like for example, recently Prey, mm. everyone loved that movie online. I still haven't seen it. Still burned by the director. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> but it's, uh, we get really good reviews from everyone. Literally everyone I know, whether it's a mainstream viewer or an indie uh, enthusiast, mm. everyone loved that movie. It's a well done movie, but it was exclusive on Hulu. So Hulu Ooh, is shame, probably what fifth most subscribed in the world. That movie will never hit the numbers mm. of a mediocre Netflix movies, and just because mm. of that, people are going to say, "Oh, it's a failure." Ah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but unf- but if it was released in the cinemas, a lot of people will probably spread the word and like, hey, you should watch Prey. It's good. Mm. You should watch Prey, and then more people will go to the cinemas. But when it comes to a streaming platform, the thinking behind or uh, the uh, the customers is that, huh? I have to pay another. 15-20 ringgit for another streaming platform just to watch this one movie nah no, it's okay I'll skip it but you know in Malaysia we don't have Hulu so yeah that's another it, problem it goes there goes straight to Disney Plus in Malaysia yeah. and probably other territories that don't have Hulu yep and uh, that regional thing is really a huge problem we mm. don't get a lot of streaming platforms outside of America and UK right and that prevents so much of the movie being watched and then because of that the numbers won't get good and then the poor director or the creator of mm. Prey for example wouldn't be able to do a sequel or fund another movie just because Hulu didn't have a lot of subscribers mm. and it's a very uh, unfair uh, fight if you ask me Yeah, because it's Disney there has made the millions and millions and millions to break every single but I think because it's owned it's owned by Disney and they'll, they'll chalk it up to like oh it'll still run for a few hours we still have Disney Plus it's fine you know mm-hmm. they have that probably I, I can't say for sure but they probably have that mentality since Hulu is still around I don't um, know man mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to tell Disney being Disney is, it's really <laughs> hard look, to they're tell. not Warner Brothers they don't cancel their library at least so. yeah. <laughs> because they need a library <laughs> Warner Brothers has a library through the years and years of movies but Disney doesn't have a library so they need that freaking library dude <laughs> they can't cancel right. Warner Brothers can afford to cancel but Disney mm. can't <laughs> I'm mostly pissed off that Warner Brothers withdrew Batgirl not because of anything I don't really care about the character to be honest but it robbed me the chance of seeing Michael Keaton oh, as yeah. Batman again and Brendan yeah. Fraser as a supporting role so yeah. really really like cheesed off by that <laughs> and I think Michael Keaton's Batman's Batmobile actually made an appearance in Batgirl oh, so I'm a huge fan of that Batmobile life. man yeah so talking about whether we <laughs> you should or not do things mm. another thing and also Disney another thing that happened recently in Malaysia is the Lightyear movie <laughs> yeah, just a really short summary of what happened the, the kiss heard around the world <laughs> seen around the world yeah so there was two female characters who kissed in the Lightyear movie was it even a friendship it was just like this yeah it was just a pack, pack, pack and it was a, a loving pack between I, two mothers if I'm not I, mistaken I've seen platonic duration aunties do that okay it's not a big deal <laughs> <laughs> just personally speaking okay they do that in family reunions all the time do you ever see like an Italian dinner or like even Eurasians here so yeah. it's, it's not you could just re- rephrase it as that and you'll be fine you know yep. 
And also there was several conversations with the daughter saying that the, her parents are two mothers, right? Mm. And that whole movie got censored in Malaysia. And when it finally <laughs> appeared, yeah, it didn't come into the cinemas. And then when the movies finally hit Disney+, Plus, it was the only movie that was slapped with an 18 plus warning <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. It's crazy. Which begs the question, they should have released it in theatres with an 18 rating. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. You know? Why not? Uncut. Because, like, it works both ways. Because, one, Finas, yes. Obviously, we're in Malaysia. We're a country with a Muslim majority. So, LGBT content here is a big no-no unless it's going to streaming. For some reason, we'll get into that argument later. But... <laughs> that's uh, a whole different There's a whole different door <laughs> oh open God. for that. Like, but, yeah, anyways. So, yeah, besides us being in Malaysia... They, they had to adhere to censorship laws, which, of course, if you show it in theatres, like years being a kid's movie, they will just have these censors do their magic and just cut the two yeah. seconds of the objectionable yeah. content out of the film. The LPF, Lembaga Penapisan Film, which is responsible for the f- censorship of films in Malaysia before they release in theatres. And they were okay with the censorship. Disney, however, wasn't. Yeah. So for some reason Well because uh, Disney If I'm not mistaken Back then when that This whole debacle was happening uh, Disney in America Was being questioned For their support For diversity mm-hmm. Because there was a law That was passed in Texas Or something Florida uh, Florida mm-hmm. That was against LGBT All these other rights mm-hmm. So Disney had to They made a stand in America To say no We are going to stand With our diversity And LGBT We're not really familiar With the schematics Of the American law mm-hmm. I mean We're all the way Across the pond here But because of the don't say gay uh, bill or something. Uh, that's, what, that's what they're calling it. I don't yeah. think it actually means don't say gay to be honest. But <clears> I think it got so yeah. misconstrued to the point where it kind of gassed or hyped people up to thinking, oh, we must support diversity yeah. at all costs. Yeah. So you, you so that yeah. affected their decision here with Malaysia. Mm. Because they know that if they agreed to that cut, their staff will be unhappy with Disney. They will say, oh, you're not supporting us. And mm. so Disney is stuck in between places. Yeah. And Disney, well, Malaysia is considerably small market. And they're like, yeah, forget it. It's still conservative. It's not, not just a conser- considerably small. Mm. So, you know, what's Malaysia's loss <coughs> going to affect them? Yeah. How is it going to affect them? Yeah. It's nothing. It's just a small blip compared to, say, China. Okay, they lost China. So <laughs> I can't really say that. Uh, so, but they lost a lot of other conservative yeah. countries. So if they decided to lose China, Malaysia is nothing. Yes. Really nothing. Yes. They say, that, okay, we don't mind losing China. What's us to them, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's a slippery slope lah, because after that, then came Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> yeah, another... That's a different story though. Because Thor, Love and Thunder was actually shown in a lot of uh, Muslim-centric countries. Yep. We're talking about like UAE. We're talking about Indonesia. It was even shown in... Which is, from what I hear, even more conservative than Malaysia. So I'm surprised that it was actually shown there. Mm. So... Why wasn't it not shown here? Probably the official reason was because of the certain character coming out as gay. Not the god killing? That's another perceived See, reason. That's the official but, reason was the LGBT thing. But this was not announced by LPF. Mm. So that's also another problem. Uh, a lot of times they censor movies here without being clear on why. And when they're not clear mm. on why... Even the cinemas who bring the movies in have no idea whether the movies can be shown or not. Mm. And like for Love and Thunder, right? The local cinemas, they marketed it like mad. They built huge oh, banners the everywhere. Yeah. They printed 
Thor's face on the floor in the toilet. It's horrible, it's yeah. Thor, you know? And all that just went to waste because at the very last minute, it was censored. Like- yeah. <laughs> so it's very tricky because uh, here we have a very conservative censorship board. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- fair play if they want to be strict about it. But the thing is, they're not clear about it. They're not honest. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't say they're, they're not honest. clear. That's too harsh. I uh, never understand when uh, when I watch an action movie where a guy gets shot in the head and it's shown full-blooded and the next scene he saves his wife, mm-hmm. he kisses the wife and that's censored. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, there's other moments also. Let's say in, you know Scream? Yeah, like uh-huh. This year's Scream? Yeah. There's so many times they censored the word F but only in certain moments. Yeah. Why? Is it the usage of the word? Of, <laughs> okay, the movie was censored for violence or so, but yeah, we're talking about an 18-rated slasher movie yeah, yeah. where people get killed gruesomely and you ban the profanity. Yeah. What gives? What's wrong with kissing? It's an act of love. It's joy. <laughs> but act of violence? Yeah, sure, it's fine. That's, that's not cut. <laughs> so I don't get it. And a lot of times, um, like recently with uh, Malaysian music concerts, lah, okay, uh, for whatever reason, jumping and dancing to the song is against social norms, apparently. Mm. So again, it's very unclear. And they just say it's yeah. against social norms. But what the heck is you, social norms? You're talking about concerts. Uh, you read the recent news, uh, Kada. Yeah, yeah. Concerts, concerts, yeah. Because people were jumping so hard. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> people are enjoying themselves. So they're telling us, oh, you can't enjoy yourself. But hey, you can brutally kill someone. That's fine. <laughs> I don't get it. La. It's very unclear here. Ah. So with Lightyear and Thor Love and Thunder, I really think that's the tip of an iceberg. Mm. And the next few years is just going to be really... Interesting. Yeah. It's boiling. I mean, you you want to talk about blockbusters. Um, you, you lose Disney, fine. We still have... Okay, Warner Brothers is on a, pipe, on a tight rope right now. But we still have Universal. We still have Paramount. So the majors... Sony, Columbia. Yeah. Three of the majors are still there. I think we'll be fine in that regard. But like the majors like Warner Brothers and Disney, the two me- mega yeah. giants, they're going to be in flux for a while. Yeah. And I mean, this will also affect um, release dates. Uh, something mm. that just recently uh, came to my mind. Because when studios feel hesitant to come into Malaysia, that might affect the release dates. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like maybe that's the reason why certain movies come here so late. And when... In a country that is rife with piracy, let's just be honest, yeah. um, when the movies come in late, people are going to watch it online on pirated sites or whatever. Yeah, they rather watch it there than it's And that will affect there. movie ticket sales. And when you affect movie ticket sales, again, it will affect the studio's inclination to come mm. into Malaysia. And now with the knowledge of streaming, like the knowledge that a movie will be available online between one week to one month, people will just rather wait at home yeah. and to download or stream illegally. This will significantly affect the cinema takings. I'm I'm not saying that this will be prevalent for all movies. So not all the studios would treat their movies like commodities like that to go straight to streaming after one month or one week. Like Asian cinema in particular, Asian and Indian cinema, they still treat the movie going experience with a bit of respect. Like there's this recent Indian movie, I believe it's Tamil or Telugu language, I can't recall exactly. Ponin Selvan which is in cinemas right now, and it's selling like hotcakes. It was filmed in IMAX. It's a historical costume drama epic, and it's from a direct, a revert director in the industry. At least, I'm sorry if I got this wrong. I'm not sure whether it's Bollywood, but he's revert in the Indian film industry mm. right now. 
he hasn't made like a good film in a long time so this is something special and all interest came in droves that's why he kicked avatar out in IMAX under left one and no and no and no no yeah. is completely gone yeah, if you're IMAX. wondering why you can't watch <laughs> nope in IMAX this week is because of a bollywood can, uh, I, can, or I, can I still watch nope in IMAX nope <laughs> but this is the thing I think Asian and uh, Indian movie, Holly Bollywood movies mm. They are still very prevalent in cinemas Because they don't have streaming platforms uh, mm. It's just, just they, like that Hotstar was They do Hotstar. But it's very very limited Very 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 limited really? Yeah uh, Hotstar only has some movies I mean they don't have It's not to say like the studios Let's say for example If the Bollywood studio Who made this PRI Has their own streaming platform Like Warner Brothers or Disney Ooh. Then it's a whole different ball game yeah, already yeah, yeah, right, They don't right. So they have to rely on the box office So there's a difference here Now that you mention it Bollywood itself is in a state of flux mm. right now because not many people are going to see their movies. It's the Telugu and Tamil language movies which are succeeding right now. Like mm. RRR is succeeding. It's not a Bollywood movie. Mm. It's a South Indian, I think Telugu or Thai. Again, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm very unfamiliar with Indian cinema, but it's a Southern Indian uh, movie. And it's doing very, it, it's done very well, significantly very well to the point where even Americans huge, are talk- man. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about it, it's a global phenomenon. Amir Khan, one of uh, Bollywood's biggest superstars, released the Forrest Gump remake. That was dead on arrival at the box office. So it's a significant shift in yep. Indian audiences' perception. So again, you know, it, it depends on how you treat movies as respected experiences rather than commodities for your stock prices. Or content. Or content, yeah. Yeah. I think just to I think we've been quite all over the place with this episode (laughs) because it's really quite a huge topic to cover and sometimes it just leads on and on from one point to another and it's really hard to make sense of it all because it's just so vast like I said it's in flux everywhere is affected Mm. you know Chinese industry Hollywood Bollywood and a lot of things Mm. is really boiling um, Mm. just waiting to blow up because the fans are not happy the studios are unsure China is there being a whole different ball game with their own shows and then American studios are catering to the Chinese market, which, sorry to say, but they, appre- they don't appreciate good, uh, very deep stories. They just <laughs> like the sh- shallower, more action-based stories, which is fine sometimes, but not all the time. You, you know so, how- there's a huge culture shock, la, I would say, in every single way. And because movies captures life, mm. and when... We are facing so many different cultural impacts right now, you know, uh, with LGBT culture, right wing, left wing, conservative, progressive. There's just so many things that is really now like being slammed head on with each another. It's been forced on you. Yeah. All of it. Like, yeah. You either pick a side or you're not with them, you know, that's that mm. kind of mentality. You're uh, either with us or against us. Change is good, but mm. it can also be very painful uh, along the change way. Change is always painful. And we have to be ready for that. It's just that, like, I, I always feel that when the studios who has a lot to lose during change, mm-hmm. they will resist it. Lah. Audiences, everyone is a huge turning point. Everything's boiling. And it's really hard to tell where it will go because we don't know. For the, During the COVID years, we had so much news that cinemas are doomed. Like that's the end of cinemas, and then right? Spider came, Spider-Man came and destroyed that notion. Uh, not more beers. Uh. <laughs> oh no, don't get me started. <laughs> Fun fact, the, the, the Sony executives actually said that Morbius saves cinemas, okay? <laughs> That's more a billion fact, dollars. Uh. That's a that's a fact. Uh. It's more than time. <laughs> yeah. So, 
So um, it's really hard to breathe because uh, a huge cinema line in America actually filed for bankruptcy. Regal, yeah. Regal. They are probably like TGV in Malaysia, mm. right? Second, Let's say if GSC is number one, TGV is number two. Second biggest cinema chain in Malaysia, but you're talking about globally. So it's like in America. Sorry, second biggest cinema chain in America and pos- and also globally. If you're talking about company owners, yeah, it's really worrying that cinemas, uh, such a cinema uh, franchise line that is. As big as Regal can go bankrupt, and streaming platforms are appearing still very strong, mm. which I doubt because if you actually check numbers, Netflix stocks has fallen a bit, lah. And even Disney, yeah, 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 because Disney is kicking ass, and Amazon is as powerful as you can get with any other company out there, and they are coming into the Amazon game. Amazon is so. run by a Bond villain. Yeah, just the look of him. Right? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> Apple is coming into the game, which has a. Uh, bigger cloud and bigger resources than Netflix has mm. so I don't know when every big conglomerate company is trying to get a bite out of this pie everyone's bite is going to get smaller and cinemas there is just going to get even smaller with their window between cinema release and the streaming release getting smaller and smaller it's really everything's in flux man <laughs> I, I just cannot brain how it's going to turn out after I all this I think because we are getting overwhelmed with so much content that we actually forget that there, there are great movies still being made and sometimes occasionally they slip through the cracks but it's not being like they're talked about because it's being buried by so much of this but going back to our earlier podcast the same thing you know not many great movies are being featured out there because it's being buried by so much yeah, noise IP noise yeah, yeah. exactly and, and people are losing faith with movies because yes. of this. People are always saying, uh, movies are all now so boring and they're always the same over and over. Like I said earlier about my mini review with Delated, yeah. you know, you, you have objections of me watching a bad movie. Yeah. I found enjoyment in it, you know, even though it's a terrible movie. <laughs> terrible, terrible you're, movie. You're laughing at someone <laughs> making know, a fun. I know, I don't know, it's not bad. <laughs> it's fine, okay. fine, fine. There are some movies that are so yeah. good that it's but, bad. But, you know, my, my point Fair is, you know, my, my point is, like, the worst thing you can make a movie or a TV show is boring. That's the absolute worst thing you can do. Doesn't matter. It, it can make you angry. It can make you happy. It can make you you laugh, whether good or bad way. It doesn't matter. But the worst thing you can do is just boring and plain indifference. And but that, that's what I'm seeing in a lot of people who watch modern movies. But now. what if the people say that slow movies are boring? <laughs> Yeah. That's already on the case, and I that one's a different ball game already. That's a very unfortunate stigma, <laughs> oh, but that no. exists. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I won't say I'm excited to see what will happen because I think it's going to be quite painful before. It's the same because people are watching the same old shtick on Disney and HBO Max. So it's instead of watching actual contained stories, you're telling two hour, one hour episode long teasers. Of the next episode, of yeah. the next content, of the yeah. next spin-off, and people are getting bored of it. Yep, uh, milk the cow, man. Uh, that's what they were saying. The, the cow's dead. <laughs> still, milk the blood. Then. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it still has blood in it. Take it out. Oh, oh man! Yeah. Harvest the blood. Harvest yeah. the organs. Yeah. Oh. Share your thoughts uh, on uh, Instagram or Facebook, which <laughs> we are on, I guess. I don't know, um, because this is really up for discussion. Uh, no yeah, one can predict yeah, where I, this will go. I don't know. I could pre- we could all be predicted wrong when Avatar Two comes out and James Cameron proves proves himself once again why you should wait thirteen uh, years for making. Which a movie. studio is behind Avatar Two? Avatar Two is owned by Disney now. It's oh owned by Fox. no! No, but but Jay, I have faith. I know. James, see, you will rely on a 
so-called powerful director like yeah. James Cameron to say, no, I'm not going to show this on streaming. Yeah, Cameron has that clout. So does Christopher Nolan. Yeah. If both of these guys would have the, the balls to go up to the studio here and say, no, you follow my way. I'm the guy who made Titanic. I'm the guy who made yes. The Dark Knight. You listen to me. And that's also very unfortunate because it relies on a very powerful, experienced director mm. to do that. But if a small director has something great, he will ah, get bullied. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? He will really get bullied into mm. the, being a streaming exclusive. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? It's <laughs> Disney, right? What if Disney says to uh, Cameron, uh, James Cameron, okay, we won't uh, push it to streaming so quickly. We'll give you maybe, what, three months. That's very generous already, yeah, right? Yeah, it's normal, basically. But Disney uses it to promote their new feature, which is 3D streaming. Mm. Oh hell Because Avatar on 3D We know is Amazing Amazing, amazing. And I can really see Disney doing this now And they're gonna mm. and It's gonna be like A new premium package Pay 5 ringgit mm. more To enjoy Avatar In 3D Like you've never watched it before the, At home It's the resurrection of 3D Yeah and Now it's on streaming It's not on Blu-ray or TV anymore yeah. My goodness And <laughs> I won't be surprised If Disney does it Because if, if any studio who has the balls, I guess, to say no to James Cameron or go against their word, mm. I would probably say it's Disney because, well, they're powerful enough they, to do they, it. They can, well, that's the risk. Like. Yeah. But I think, I think they know Avatar's uh, hot comedy. I hope so. I hope so. They allow him... Or oh, oh, Disney can even say, look, Avatar is beloved in China and China now is in constant lockdown. So we have to release it on streaming for China. Jonathan <laughs> oh, is no. face farming now. <laughs> no, no. See, even though what I said it sounds ridiculous, like, you know it makes sense partially because it is true. Whatever we said over the past two years ago, most of them have come true. Yeah. So I don't really want any more things to come true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And yeah, China is really in constant lockdown right now with COVID. Oh, they're bad. They're yeah. really bad right now. Yeah. Situation with the pets also. <laughs> oh man. So I, I don't know la, but we'll see la. But of course, mm. I would have to be quite a turning point. It's definitely, I wouldn't say turning point. A very big gear in the whole yeah, it's machine a gear. La. It's a gear it's and you really gear. see it move. Yeah. But you know, one thing, don't underestimate James Cameron. Of course. I know he will definitely pull out something out of his head. Out it's of his huge. Head, sorry, because he is a person who knows the value of patience mm. like he did not simply just make Avatar out of the gate when Titanic came out and then yeah. he, he waited for the right he, he waited until along. he saw Lord of the Rings and yeah. he saw Gollum the CGI on Gollum that's when he thought now it's, it's doable time, you know? uh, uh, sorry suddenly this came out to me even Planet of the Apes the trilogy the new mm. Planet of the Apes is getting a sequel after the story has wrapped I thought he died the, the, the Caesar died well, his legacy lives on. Oh, hell no. <laughs> it's called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. No. Yeah. So no, you see, no. it will never. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. It never ends. Holy cow. I yeah. love the trilogy, but it doesn't get enough love, but I love the trilogy. It's really one of the low key greatest trilogies mm. uh, ever made. La. Very consistent in tone. Yeah. Uh, Matt Reeves, the director of the new Batman, mm. by the way. I guess we are about done here. <laughs> Let me. Just a little rant from yeah. us. Rant and worries and. Hopes and dreams. Yeah. Will they come true? Will they not come true? Yeah. If you came back to us after all this time of us being away, uh, thank you for coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can feel that we are getting our energy back doing this. Yeah. I know we sounded a bit dead last week because uh, Dalton had a long day at work. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I, better, yeah. So we are getting our gears going again. Our cow was black dry before this and now we are... We got a new cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah. a new cow. Let's hope. Let's hope the cow lasts long, yeah. longer than the last one. <laughs> You're trying to plan these episodes out better and uh, some interesting stuff to make it more exciting. Mm. To make up for our very monotone voices. Right. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I'm gonna catch a couple of movies this week and see how maybe. I might see the the the, the Tamil movie. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't get the name, <laughs> name right. I'm just gonna try to watch it probably this weekend. But I tried watching it last weekend, and I I, I swear the IMAX hall was completely sold out. Even the front yeah. row seat, completely. Huge man. And I tried it like for like four straight days in a row. I tried getting seats, couldn't find a good one. So I like okay, you know what? I, I it's crowded. I'll wait until next week. Looks like it's gonna be here for a while. So. But then, don't take your chances, lah. You never know. Yeah, la. yeah, you know. Mm. I don't think there's not many it's, movies in IMAX. It's uh, Halloween month, so ah. Malaysians love horror movies, and I think we're going to have a whole flood. We of don't have much movies. horror movies coming out here, except for what Halloween, right? Halloween ends. I don't know, man. You That's know, there's already. a lot of random local or Asian when horror. I'm movies just waiting for Barbarian. I don't know whether it's going to come out here, but I I'm just waiting so for it. Yeah, really. Uh. VOD is coming out in November. You see, that's so, the thing. Sorry, now I'm going back on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Like, people are not looking forward to theatrical release dates anymore in Malaysia. Now they're thinking, when's the VOD date? Because... For, because you can sail the seven seas yeah. once the date hits. You know, that's, that's so sad. But what to do? You know, what to do? In this part of this world, it won't appear in cinemas, it won't mm. appear on streaming platforms. We have to resort in some way to get oh, these movies in. God. No, it's, it's like, you know... After two Disney movies banned in a row, this is what people is ex- are expecting. <laughs> oh, when's the VOD date? We don't care about theatrical anymore. Yep. That's sad. Yeah, what to do? Mm. That's how we just don't watch movies that don't come that's, here. That's the thing. Unfortunately. Or if you got like 2,000 ringgit to spare, cross the border to either yeah. Singapore or Thailand. There you go. <laughs> and again, it has to be repeated. We said this last episode. Mm. If you um, pirated a movie... Remember to just buy a ticket if it ever comes to Malaysia. Just buy right. a ticket. It won't hurt. Yeah, support the industry at least, yeah. you know, in your own way. Yeah. Any way you can. Or buy a Blu-ray if you really liked it. Uh, I that's think that's what, one of that's the better ways to do it. There's a lot of movies which I watch. Admittedly, I watched uh, them illegally. It's COVID. Cinema's closed. I can't yeah. even go out if I wanted to. But there were some which I loved and I got them on Blu-ray because they were original Blu-ray which yep. because they were so good. Pig is one of them. Yep. So yeah. Uh, don't buy it digitally I recommend <laughs> oh yeah uh, that's <laughs> that's we, another <laughs> we almost missed out one point Joey brought up a good point a reminder of what we talked about beginning of the podcast you know since Warner Brothers is now, has now started to delete their own older movies from their yeah. online catalogue support physical media yeah. please yeah, <laughs> it will never leave you. <laughs> when a when a big corporation or company uh, says, "Don't worry, we will never remove this movie or content." Uh, don't don't please just don't, don't trust don't, them. Don't yeah. trust them. They they might have like a lifespan of what yeah. ninety nine nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine years. It still has an expiry yeah. date. <laughs> and their reasons could vary from anything. It could be just one day they said, "Oh, um, we don't want to show people with." Blonde hair on our streaming platform what? for whatever. Hair? I'm just an example. <laughs> then you just remove all the movies with blonde hair, whether you bought it digitally or not. Yeah. Maybe because some guy with blonde hair did something very bad. Maybe. And then the streaming platform says, "Oh, we don't want to show affiliated. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to be affiliated <laughs> and not show. We don't want to show content with protagonists with blonde hair <laughs> because it's triggering. Yeah. Then they remove everything out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, uh, I highly recommend to you, if you can, buy physical, unless 
it saves you let's say maybe the movie is available to be purchased for like one ringgit then sure why not one ringgit is mm. fine being lost there's okay there used to be like a blu-ray store chain here called speedy may they rest in peace or maybe not since the last few yeah days, i don't know there's allegations of them actually pirating this i can't say for sure yeah yeah but there's active facebook group selling original discs so if you can support them if not facebook group but uh proper websites uh, where do we buy website, yeah, where do we buy Amazon Usually I buy, uh, Amazon is online But shipping fees Are through the nose now yeah. Because of our exchange rate Usually I buy them From the local Facebook From group. the local Facebook mm-hmm. guys lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, If you guys want to know Any Facebook groups Just drop us a message And then I will Ask Delton yeah. For the names Sure, sure. <laughs> Name dropping here Maybe supporting Physical media yeah. Any way we can <laughs> So okay I guess uh, That's it uh, We've rented And rambled on For quite long enough and I uh, didn't give you any answers, I think. I do not know. <laughs> like, 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 like the great Steven Seagal movie says, our industry is on deadly ground. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you keep bringing up Steven Seagal, I ban <laughs> yeah, you. I, I, missed, I missed the reference in the last episode. I'm not going to miss but, it again. Okay, fine. I will say that I need to rewatch one Steven Seagal movie. Just see Under yeah. Siege. Man. Just uh, see the first Under Siege. You'll be fine. <laughs> that, uh, but just to, <laughs> to let you understand why... I so cringe with Steven Seagal. <laughs> There's this one scene that Dalton showed me where he's sliding under the window. <laughs> and I kid you not, just imagine if Steven Seagal is lying down underneath the window, he's holding onto a string, and someone is pulling him across under the it's window as he slides across. <laughs> but it's filmed in a way to show that he was like stealthing and sliding under the window in a cool way and it's not and bro it's not actually that one had a Hong Kong director so the star was there but he was so wrong for it yeah. oh and my god I just can't take the way how Steven Seagal acts the fight scenes he's, <laughs> he just, he's just <laughs> fleeing his arms around it's horrible no his earlier movies he was legit but now after 1990 no after 2002 he's gone really Oh man, mm. if, if you don't understand what flailing arms is, right? <laughs> just watch Steven Seagal's late latter movies and post 2002. Yeah, it's post bad, 2002. man. Oh. It's bad. Is he even trying? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think so, no. Yeah. I don't think so. so okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Sorry for the extended cut of this episode, this extra 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, bye bye. And then I'll see you again. Uh, our next episode, we were thinking to cover actors and actresses who somehow never made it big. Or they just mm. act in very obscure movies. For example, for me, uh, the one that comes to my mind is Tom Hardy and Idris Elba, and maybe mm. like Mackenzie Davis. Right, these actors they are talented. Whenever they are on screen, they will capture your attention. But somehow they are just never big, and a lot of shows that they act in are not great. <laughs> like one that comes to mind is probably Naomi Watts. Yeah, I mean maybe yeah, maybe they haven't been in like. They've been in big movies, but they rarely headline. Like yeah. they, they rarely headline a big movie, and they don't get like yeah. roles that were get nominated for Oscars. Mm. Very rare, and I really don't know. <laughs> These actors and actresses, they makes you wonder. Another one that we're probably trying to explore if we have the time is like when actors, both lead actors and supporting actors, have the urge to direct. Yeah. And how does that translate well on screen, especially considering, you know, Don't Worry Darling and the We'll save it for it. when we watch Don't Worry Darling. Yeah, yeah, we'll save then it for we, that. That's a good leeway. If it ever comes out here, I don't know. We'll see. Seven Cs. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.